Previously on the Flophouse. He dies so loud that everyone across the world hears it. You, uh-huh. Like the just like his death scream goes all over the place. And, yeah, and it's it, like oh. Aquaman's like I don't know anyone, anyone, anything, and he goes into the water. And the women sing in Icelandic for a long time because this is the Zack Snyder cut. <laughs> for a long time. Wonder Woman, in the process of saving people, destroys as much shit as possible. <laughs> if I'm going to complain about The Flash, it's going to be the fact that I think his characterization was inspired by the Bazinga t-shirts that looked like the Flash logo. I understand that you're living on this special Amazon island, but have like one phone. At one point he takes his fucking tank top off to go swimming, and I'm like... But he's wearing jeans to swim? That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> it's a blah, blah, blah exposition scene. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. This is like, they're like, go someplace and fight people. On this episode, we discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League, part two. So light some candles, break out the baby oil, and queue up Lay It Down by Rat. Because we're going to be going four hours. It's pretty hot, right? Everyone and welcome to the Flophouse. I am Dan McCoy. What? I guess that oh means I'm Stuart Wellington. And unfortunately, that means I'm the third of the group, Elliot Kalen. Not as handsome as Stuart. Not as freewheeling a spirit as Dan. Weighed down by my family and responsibilities, and yet wow. somehow with an inner nobility okay, that only yeah. I know that I have been imbued with the great power uh-huh. of the cosmic conundrum. That's right. The cosmic conundrum. A question asked at the very beginning of the universe, which exists only in my own head. Uh-huh. That question. Hey, so did the baby from dinosaurs get a chance to grow up or did they all go extinct at the end of that series? Because really I want to see that baby grow up. Uh, well, I, this, I think this cosmic question, they all did go extinct at the end of the series. Uh, this, but this... Co- Let me finish. This cosmic conundrum has gifted me with strange and eerie powers. The ability to see three seconds into the future. Not enough to change anything, but enough to feel bad before something bad happens. Okay. Kind of like a next. So I'm Ellie Kalen. Sorry, I thought that what you were going to say was going to to tie into what I had said rather than just being another You said, said, no, but I didn't want to dwell on the fact that the most beloved television character of all time, the dinosaur baby from Dinosaurs, died at a very young age. Yeah. Tragically. Well, this is the Flophouse. It's a podcast about... <laughs> that was, I, mean, I love the idea that that was what they said on the news. They go, tragic... And now in a, a sadder story, tragically, baby dinosaur has passed along with all other dinosaurs Known thanks to the extinction. Known for not being the mama. Well, well, no, wait a the, minute. Uh, excuse me, Dan. Excuse right. me, Dan. Technically, no, Dan's I, right. I, uh, to quote Phoenix Wright, I object, uh, counselor. Uh, it is, it is, it was Earl Sinclair, his father, who was labeled not the mama. It oh, was the okay. baby who was judging who was a Elliot, mama and who was not the mama. By the goddamn transitive property, 
if Earl is not the mama, then everyone else is the mama? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Until until Judge Dinosaur Baby rules otherwise on each single individual. And you can't take issue with it because you gotta love him. I mean, oh, technically, shit. when you think about it, the dinosaurs were mama's family. <laughs> That's true. I, hmm, I guess. Interesting. I gotta agree with Dan on this one, Elliot. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Case to, but closed. the math is solid. The, 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 the algebra is tight on that one. So, Dan, what do we do on this podcast? This is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. Normally, this would be a week for a Flophouse Mini. Uh-huh. Uh, our off-week episodes where we sort of are more freewheeling and do whatever the hell we want. But uh, as opposed to this episode where we are sticking to our remit of talking about baby (laughs) dinosaur and his judicial abilities. Yeah. 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 Conan the Barbarian is standing over my shoulder. And should we stray too long from the path we are supposed to tread, he will chop my head clean from my body. I never uh, I never meant to indicate that on a normal episode we (laughs) stick to the topic. Just that the topic uh, exists. And in this case, the topic is the second half of Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is, uh, let's call this a mini uh, full episode. We are going to tie up the plot of Justice League, but not do the regular end of show stuff. But, Stuart. Dan, Dan, if I was going to stick it on my shelf with all the other uh, mm-hmm. sodes and mini sodes, <laughs> uh, where would I file it? Would it be well, in the minis <laughs> or the regulars? You know what? I mean, it'll still have, it'll be numbered like a regular show. Okay. But it'll be like that time when they put out all those Simpsons uh, box sets that mm-hmm. were like character cases. Okay. And they looked really lousy next to the normal boxes that you already owned. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you? So, did you? But you kept the. Bo- did you keep those, or did you throw I mean, them away? What or? happened was people whined uh, long enough that the uh, the company uh, that Fox issued DVDs that were in line with the original packaging. You know. Now, what I like is that story seems like it was unrelated, but it is exactly that sort of total waste of everyone's time answering of a fan's whining complaint that brought us this movie, yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, yeah, so let's get to it. Yeah, so let's get right into it. And we are, uh, as as I think uh, we mentioned in the last episode, uh, we have worked our way through chapters one through four, and we are now in chapter five, title, Who is Harry Crumb? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so, Stuart, uh, did you accidentally click on Who's Harry Crumb in the HBO Max streaming library and watch yeah, that? The, well, of- the thumbnail was... Black and white, and everybody looked really unhappy on the in the picture. <laughs> so I assumed it was it. Justice yeah. League. Now I'm gonna I'm, I I promised myself I wouldn't do this anymore, but I am going to jump on Dan's mispronunciation and say, wouldn't it be amazing if it was Who's Harry Klum and it was about Heidi Klum's brother who pronounces it slightly differently and spells it differently and spells it differently? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, now, do you think Harry Harry Crumb is related to Ara Crumb? I didn't. I never saw who's Harry Crumb. Is that is, is Ara Crumb the one looking for him? Well, as I said, that's the title of the chapter, so we'll find out. So the uh, so we see our heroes who have now decided that they're going to use the Mother Box uh, to revive uh, the recently deceased Superman. So our heroes are doing a little bit of grave robbing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, um, all of a sudden, my, I was trying to remember the police code for grave robbing. I think it's uh, 138, right? Uh, so they are digging up Superman's body. There's a little banter. 
Uh, we yeah, cut. there's a there's a point yes. where like uh, cyborgs like oh you know or like uh, the Flash is like oh we, we could do this in a nanosecond you know that right and cyborgs like yeah I know as if like they're doing it slowly out of respect for Superman whereas I'm like guys the Earth is on the line just use your superpowers it's not going to be less respectful That's a good this point. grave robbing you're doing if you do it really fast. Elliot, yeah, what do you think? Are you, uh, Elliot, Elliot's I, I like, can, no, Dan's right. This, um, I totally, I'm no, I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. If it's the choice, if it's the choice between, uh, uh, saving the world and respecting the memory of a man who killed thousands fighting General Zod, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. as collateral damage and then got himself killed fighting Doomsday for, I'm not sure what reason, because it seems like Lex Luthor was only out to hurt Superman and not out to do much of anything. Basically, my, my issue is, I never really understand in these movies why I know why in the DC universe Superman is so respected and why when he died it was a tragedy because he's the greatest of all heroes and he's been yeah. around for years saving the world. In the in the Snyderverse DC DCCU the Detective Comics Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. Superman hasn't been around that long so I don't know why he is considered the nay plus ultra of humanity. Yeah. You know? I mean, according to the previous movies, people seem to hate him most of the time he was around, too. It's kind of like if Sully Sullenberger, someday he will pass, and I'll be very sad about it, but if when he did, they built a huge monument for him. He saved a bunch of people once, and he seems like a pretty good guy mostly. <laughs> yeah. They built a huge monument for him, and then nobody in the world was happy ever again. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every the way that the DC universe, uh, DC uh, cinematic universe deals with Superman is not unlike the end of the second Harry Potter film, where like all of a sudden the big uh, end of the movie is Hagrid gets his job back, and like all the kids are losing their fucking minds, and you're like, <laughs> "What's the fucking big deal?" I didn't think people cared that much. <laughs> I mean, like it's not like that was the point of the movie, but I guess it is. <laughs> And it would be weird no, no. if he didn't get his job back, yeah, no considering. Sure. No, but I'm sure they... I, I haven't seen all the movies. I'm sure most of the rest of them are about Hagrid's career development from that point on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I mean, the way, the way the DCCU deals with Superman is the way they deal with the with Jesus Christ in the end of the Bible, where yeah. he is, you know, the, he's the single greatest thing in the history of the world, and when he comes back, the trumpets will resound and, and, and so forth. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, Maybe Superman should have had like two more adventures before he died. <laughs> yeah, and it would have felt more nope. justified. Just to you me. know, build up your resume, Superman. <laughs> nope. Maybe the most we'll... important thing that Superman can do is die and then come back from the dead. Spoiler. Uh, so meanwhile, <laughs> Batman and Alfred are having a little heart to heart. We get the sense that Batman, big surprise, is a little bit of a brooding dude. You know, he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's what's known in the community as a brood daddy. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, he's got like an alien stuck in his belly. He loves the movie The Brood. <laughs> yeah, he loves the movie The Brood, and he's also a dad of yeah. a kind of he's Justice got, League family. He looks like Oliver Reed, and his uh, and his hand turns into an ovipositor, and he can insert little <laughs> eggs into other superhumans. Yeah, uh, that's it. That's a, a, a loose reading of the brood, but sure. I'm talking yeah. about the comics. Um, okay, so <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about the X Men brood. I see. Uh, I yeah. See. So I thought we were. I thought this was a comic book podcast, guys. Uh, my <laughs> mistake. Recently, it seems like it. But. <laughs> yeah. So our heroes all decide to do a little bit of uh, sneaking around, and they break into the facility that has Superman's spaceship. It's kind Star of funny. Labs. Yeah, Star Labs because. 
for the most part, these guys are so super powerful. They can do basically anything they want. It's just funny to see them like sneaking around, putting on costumes and like trying to sneak <laughs> by guys and stuff. Especially that cyborg is full, covered in glowing lights and it's like, put a trench coat on. At least dress up like Donatello when you'd go buy a pizza. Like put a <laughs> yeah. fedora and a trench coat on. Try to protect you, pretend you're not, you're not a, you know... A, a super crazy pert looking you know ultra human cyborgs on screen a little bit more in this uh in this cut of the movie obviously because it's four hours but he um it really kind of brings up that like just a still image of him. like when he's walking around he seems fine but if there's ever like a still image of him or you spend too much time actually looking at him it looks kind of silly i don't know if it just needed <laughs> more texture or something because he's basically just silver and glowing lights with a little bit of skin yeah, and it's it's and it's very CGI. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, like I hate to use that term. It's just like I feel like there could have been a little more. I don't know if it's because that's his how he looks in the comics or something, but there's just not enough. It it feels he looks very bland. I guess I and like, I always assumed he would look more Robocopy, uh, oh. and it's it's the first time. And guys, this is me. I'm going to. Uh, go on. This is me reversing a long-held belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am not a big fan of when they use superhero costumes in movies and they have to add a lot of texture to it. Yeah, mm. like in the old Spider-Man movies, how his webs were all like three-dimensional, and it was like just make it look like the webs are printed on. But Cyborg, he needs a little more real texture. I think mm-hmm. I think he's a little too smooth and uh, smooth in some places, jagged in others, and he's got a bad attitude. Yeah, I mean, well, Cyborg wow. baby. <laughs> I mean, he oh, does wow, feel like an he... ad for Cyborg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, the texture is of, like, a, a an appliance out of the box rather than, like, something that's been Which used. he is. He's out of a mother box. That's true. <laughs> that's actually true. Good that's job. That's true. Now, but it is funny that they're sneaking around and they, and Cyborg's dad is like, hey, this is a false alarm. Nobody evacuate. And then he sees his son and he's like, oh, I mean, uh, everybody evacuate. Like, <laughs> yeah. this funny about face that he does. I want him to be like, good to see you're having, you have friends. Yeah. Like, no oh, man, Joe Morton's great. Um, okay, so uh, they break into the facility. They go into Superman's ship. It's like kind of organic and kind of not. The- it is intensely vaginal. If mm-hmm. vaginas were made for the uh, display and extruding of <laughs> Superman costumes, yep, <laughs> it's like it's like a ha- it's like this, the Kryptonian ship is like a hallway of vaginas that it then ends in a big pit of the goop from Ghostbusters. I, too. I like uh-huh. the idea that somewhere there's a. <laughs> There's a poster for this movie that has just a pull quote that says "intensely vaginal." Elliot <laughs> It's really funny that you mentioned the 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 consistency of the goop that they stick Superman's body in, which is kind of interesting because at no point do we like we see the body from a distance, but we never. I don't think we ever see his face when he's dead. No, they they they're very respectful, more respect, respectful yeah. than people were with Abraham Lincoln's body, where yeah. one picture was taken of oh, his, guys, his face on display. It's been hundreds of years. Let it go, Elliot. <laughs> it hasn't been hundreds of years, Dan. It's been 150 <laughs> years. Okay, it hasn't oh, been hundreds oh, of years. Oh, Mr. Science <laughs> over here. Uh. Now, the uh, I, I will say two things. One, uh, the vaginal ship really fits into my Justice League is the Cray Master of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, analogy from last episode, but also they're taking very great care of a Superman's body. The photograph of his dad that he was buried with, just shit. drop that in the goop. Who cares if that gets wrecked? That's what's so funny is at first I'm like, is this water? But no, it's basically like honey, right? Because the way that photo <laughs> sinks in there, it's like, man, that's like, you could scoop that shit up with a tortilla chip. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, it's very viscous. Very yeah, viscous. It's amazing. So uh, let's see. Uh, they decide, They throw the body in the honey. Uh, they they realize they're not going to get enough power. Mm, honey dipped soups. Mm. <laughs> they realize they're not going to get enough juice from the ship. You know it's it's been too beat up. So Flash is like, well, 
I'm fast, but I can also, if I move super fast I, and I approach the speed of light, I actually generate a lot of juice, so maybe I'll do that. And mm. everybody's like, oh, that's a bad idea. Batman's immediately into it. Batman is, like, super dedicated. I guess that that's his character, <laughs> right? But, like, I feel like he would think about it a little bit. I mean, he's, Batman... he definitely seems like, I'll sacrifice as many flashes as I need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... Batman is, so, there's a certain, like, Batman is, he's the Batman we know, he's brooding, he's a planner more than a, but he's also a fighter, uh -huh. but he's also, there's a little touch of Kramer in him, which is kind of like, oh yeah, let's do this, okay, giddy up, <laughs> yeah. run it up, Flash. Uh, so, they have this, like, plan where Flash is gonna run super fast, and uh, meanwhile, Cyborg is tied in with the ship, and like, at the last moment, Cyborg has a vision of the future or possible futures where we see Darkseid finally using his fucking Omega beams like a boss and a couple other yeah. things like evil Superman probably uh, and Flash runs super fast and he touches the mother box at the perfect moment right as it's touching that fucking honey. Well, Cy Cyborg literally <laughs> says like no and Flash goes go okay. Yeah yeah I like that. It's like what is this Scooby Doo? Like <laughs> yeah. come on man. Uh, I do think there is something about like the obsession with the Flash and Superman being able to go so fast that they turn time backwards that it feels like somebody just heard like snippets like they just overheard somebody talking about shit the Flash can do and they're like oh that's sick we gotta put that in the movie um, which yeah. like he's super I mean, well, fast I, just let him be fast he doesn't have to turn time I, backwards I don't know. my theory I mean, is that my theory is that Zack Snyder was listening to a lot of Cher mm. and he said yeah what if we could turn back time? Mm. Hey, uh, yeah, which, wait a minute. Wait, which song was he listening to, though? Uh, if I could turn back time. <laughs> oh, I guess no, that well, it wasn't. Sense, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't life after love or uh, or uh, gypsy tramps and thieves. Uh huh. Go on. Yeah. Do you have more? <laughs> uh, it was half breed one of hers. I think it was right. <laughs> yeah, and also uh, and uh, the you know the the one her big duet with uh, with Sunny. What was it? Yeah, um, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Yeah. That's what I was on the Wow, and, we and are, they did that cover we are of showing Man. our lack of share catalog knowledge tonight, guys. Mm -hmm. We are sharing we are, our lack yep. of share. <laughs> okay, Dan saved it. Okay, so... We're sharing it pro bono. So he... Uh, Flash hits that box. The box flips out. Flash gets knocked out. And then all of a sudden, big explosion time, baby. Mother box goes flipping out, lands on a car. And who's wait, that flying say, in the sky? What, you want to interrupt me? <laughs> yes, sorry. I just want to say that is a perfect name for a ska band. Big explosion time, baby. Okay, continue. <laughs> Worth the interruption? Yeah, I think so. Or, yeah. or it is a poorly translated like subtitle to a porn movie. Yeah, and <laughs> big, explosion ex time, big explosion time, baby. When you see the uh, the handmade posters in like the the college quad. Uh, it uses an image of Baby Sinclair. So, <laughs> bringing it back around. Uh, yep. So, of course, uh, Superman's flying around. He like lands. He looks at the memorial. He is not wearing a shirt on, and man, he looks amazing. Like I am all about this. Wish he had a mustache though. So he's like, what am I? Am Stuart, I human? I, I, am I a Superman? Stuart, I have a, I have, I have some bad news for you. Actually, uh, millions of dollars of computer technology was used to erase a mustache seems, off of his face. That seems crazy because he would look amazing with a mustache. What would have been like great he did in that Mission it, Impossible movie? I mean, it was one of those things, and I've, I think I've told this story before, how I heard the story about how they used computers to erase that mustache, and I was like, that's ridiculous. He couldn't just shave the mustache, and then I saw Mission Impossible, and I was like, they made the right choice. They that mustache the is amazing. Right it choice. makes the character. <laughs> like, 
His his face is so, and his face and his personality feel so different with that mustache on. And I like him so much. Not that I don't like him when he doesn't have a mustache, but I like him so much more with that mustache. No, he's great. Well, I mean, it helps that Mission Impossible Fallout is such a good movie. Oh, it's a better movie. It's is, great. Yeah, is is okay. I mean, it's you know, it does what it does passably well, uh, but but also like. Yeah, with Henry Cavill, like, are we sure that this version of it has any digitally erased mustache, or is that all for reshoots for the Whedon version? That's what I was wondering. I mean, these, I don't, I, I mean, I haven't compared it shot for shot, but this scene is in the Whedon version, so I don't know, I think they, they I think there's, they took out Whedon's shot footage, but I don't know if they, like, reshot, if those reshot particular shots were removed, so I don't know. So I, I don't know, write in, write to uh, Twitter, <laughs> at Dank McCoy, and no, tell them to, all about it. <laughs> write to, Dan doesn't really care that much, uh, care of Stuart Wellington. Oh, wow, okay, I guess I'll just start stacking them up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hinterlands bar, look it up. So, uh, okay, at this point, Superman, he's flipping out. Uh, by flipping out, I mean he's just walking around looking at stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. The Justice League is like, oh, hey, Superman, let's have a conversation. He's not up for that. Wonder Woman keeps calling him Kal-El, which is really annoying. It's uh-huh. like the guy who, she's like, I knew him during study abroad, so I know his his, his, his the nickname that his family calls him. Yep. Uh, hey, Kal-El, like, I, I'm closer to him than you guys. It's very annoying. Uh, so, of course, they have a fight at this point. Uh, Cyborg's defense system is like, oh, no, I detect a threat. I can't stop <laughs> myself. And it's like, yeah, I've said that before, dude. Yeah, he goes all Iron Giant oh, no, on him. Superman. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they fight Superman, and it's, like, it feels very, it feels even more silly in this cut i don't know why like it feels very tacked on um, yeah it's it's unfortunate because like you know that's what we all kind of want in these superhero stories right for the heroes to like fight each other sometimes i mean that's the whole selling point of captain america civil war i mean it's what i wanted before the last 10 years of marvel yeah. annual crossovers <laughs> no, but it is. It, it does feel like for that uh, pretty uh, pro forma, and also, yeah, like cyborg. You know, maybe your dad should allow you to manually override your defense systems. That's a good. You know, maybe mm-hmm. for like the version two upgrade. You know, like <laughs> it feels uh, like the only safeguard he has is that his body will sometimes just shoot missiles at things. <laughs> you, you you mean that you don't like cyborg's philosophy of I'm in a car. It's out of control. I'm heading towards a school. Gotta take my hands off the wheel and just see how this plays out. Yep. I Nothing won- I can do about it. I wonder I wonder if like Cyborg is doing the same thing that I'm doing with my phone where I just keep punching like later for the updates <laughs> and this would have been fixed. Yeah, that's it's very true. possible. <laughs> yeah. Or he's yeah. not plugging in at night, so it can't update. Yeah, and he gets the message next morning. And he's like, "Ah, oh, I should have just plugged it in." And, so, uh, and Superman he, shows that he is better than all of the team in every regard. Like he's faster than the Flash. He's stronger than Aquaman. Uh, he blasts more eye lasers than Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I mean, that's any. Yeah, I I probably blast more eye lasers than Bruce Wayne. Okay, I don't know what that means. But... <laughs> I mean, well, he's a fixable character, so okay, good Checkmate. point, fair point. Yeah, oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> take take that, take that guy who doesn't really exist. Yeah, but is still more famous than you. Anyway, I think I have two thoughts about this. Oh shit! One, one is that yeah, this this scene feels really tacked on, and I think they don't really have a reason for it. And Superman has been built up to be such a messianic noble figure that uh-huh. it really rings false, and they're trying to create this 
this possibility that he has a heel turn where he helps Darkseid, and it, that aspect of it just never feels organic. Yeah. But the other thing I'm going to say is, other thing I'm going to say is, the moment when Flash is running towards him at super speed and Superman turns to look at him because he's faster than the Flash is a really great moment. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the. It's that's a moment where it's that was one of the few moments in the whole four-hour movie where I was even having remember every seen it in the original cut. Being this is one of the few moments where I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like, yeah. like he's not supposed to be able to do that, but he can. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely. I've 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 probably expounded at length on the show about how I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Superman is evil now uh, take that seems so popular in various versions of this uh, of this character stories, um, and this feels even weirder. And it seems like they're setting up a bigger heel turn for Superman, but. I don't care about that because I probably will never have to watch a movie that has will never get made. <clears throat> so luckily, Superman's seeing red until Lois Lane shows up and is like, cut that shit out, dude. And so they just bounce. They fly out of there, uh, leaving Batman with two fewer arm bracers that s- suck up uh, Superman eye lasers. <laughs> I know. Those are really powerful. Th- like, I like this is the point. This is the I have to admit something, guys, like. As much as I don't necessarily find this movie emotionally involving at all, mm-hmm. there's still something primal, like seeing Superman shooting his his eye, his heat vision at Batman. Like just like the fact that those characters themselves carry so much history that I'm mm-hmm. just like still sitting there like clutching uh, Audrey. Leg next to me, Audrey, totally bored by all of it, but uh-huh. me being like, "Oh no, he's a you know he's a human being. You can't yeah. do that, Superman. He can't take that." Like it was very like I was very worried for a moment, but yeah. Well, yeah, and know. considering how like brutal all the use of superpowers seems to be in this movie, like anytime anybody uses any kind of power, it like shatters the world around them. And the that and I feel like leading up to this point, they keep. I mean, they talk about Superman as, like, a messianic figure, but they also talk about him as, like, a figure of, like, fear. Like, they keep talking about how the mother boxes are afraid of him, and, Mm -hmm. like, and at this point, they've, like, built him up as this, like, oh, maybe he's evil. That's terrifying. And I don't know. I'm not into it. (laughs) No, I think think part of the issue is that... And here's where I'm going to get into a larger problem with the movie, which I should probably save till later, but who knows, which is that Superman, to us, having grown up with Superman in tons of different types of media, whether we saw him in comic books or movies or cartoons or that the roller coaster at Six Flags Great Adventure <laughs> or whatever, like he represents kind of like ultimate moral goodness and nobility. Like, And the idea of him turning evil is supposed to be it should be scary because even the most noble man in the world might turn evil. But in Zack Snyder's Justice League, he doesn't seem to represent nobility so much as he represents force, mm-hmm. overwhelming Power, yeah. godlike force that can be used for justice, hopefully, but might be used for evil. And he's just power. He's just strength. And so to see him beating up on Batman or to to think that he might go bad or something, he doesn't, he doesn't really represent anything. He doesn't stand for anything. Yeah. And to a larger extent, one of the issues that uh, – I have with this with this movie that uh, the writer Jeet here talked about on Twitter was that it borrows a lot from Jack Kirby's Fourth World Saga, which is this epically metaphorical saga about uh, young versus old and closed mindedness and repressiveness versus open mindedness and and kind of personal and and social liberation. And he's using these larger than life cosmic superhero characters 
to have basically a a philosophical metaphorical discussion, you know, and it's also really goofy and there's like a team yes. of space hippies, you yeah. know. But this movie, the characters don't represent anything. They don't mean anything. They're just about they're just action figures that can punch real hard. So when Superman like spoiler alert, he helps the heroes at the end. When he shows up, he doesn't say anything about goodness. He doesn't represent anything. He just punches the shit out of the yeah. bad guy over and over again. All he represents is the strongest fist on the block yeah. and like that is a that was more chilling to me than anything in the movie was the idea that like this guy who is supposed to be like friend of all children always does the right thing is just oh it's a good thing he's on our side because he is he can destroy yeah. anything in the world yeah when he when he shows up in a jet black costume and just blasts <laughs> the shit out of the bad guy and you're like dude stop it <laughs> calm down you just like ripped his fucking ear off well then and then that the heroes i mean spoiler they straight up kill him and it's <laughs> like fucking I mean, crazy I mean, so i mean he's a bet he's as bad as dudes get it's war i understand but they're just they're just really happy about <laughs> yeah, it in yeah. a way i don't like if you ninjas kidnap the president you're sending steppenwolf after him speaking <laughs> of which steppenwolf shows up he heard the fucking call of the mother box and he's like boomtown baby i'm taking this boom tube right to gotham city i think <laughs> So he shows up. Rocking up this boom tube. (laughs) Yeah. He shows up and he's like, what the fuck? Where's that box? Joe Morton's already stolen it. He's taking it back into the lab. So Steppenwolf just jumps into the lab uh, and Joe Morton locks himself into a room. And just like in just like in the classic Beetlejuice song, jump in the lab, get the mother box guy. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, step and wolf now. Written and performed by Beetlejuice. Uh, <laughs> the so uh, Stephen Wolf shows up and he's trying to get it, and then Joe Morton uses a laser beam, blasts at the box, and you're like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude? Are you trying to kill it?" <laughs> nope, he kills himself, and you're like, "That's a big whiff." Turns out he had a plan. Because Steppenwolf yeah. takes that box away after blasting Cyborg. Cyborg's like, oh, no, my dad's dead, which makes sense because that's his dad. Um, he's not completely a robot yet. But then they realize his dad had a plan. He blasted that box so that it'll get super hot and it'll show up on thermal imaging. They can track that box, baby. Yeah, that's the kind although, of It's the kind of plan that is only decipherable if you have read the script. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I was... Yeah, the, the I we probably made this point in the earlier Justice League theatrical cut show that we did. I don't know. I haven't listened to it. But, like, there's no reason. Like, Joe Morton has a remote control. He doesn't have to be in the death room with the box <laughs> shooting lasers at him. Like, And he's got he's got so much to live for. He's a powerful guy with a great career. His son is there with him. He's got uh-huh. a great steak franchise. Yeah. I mean, as far as steak franchises <laughs> yeah. go, it's kind of the top. Yeah. If yeah. I was going to go to a chain steak steakhouse. Yeah, Morton's yeah. probably my Morton's favorite, it, right? It, and if, if I can't get a Morton's, I guess I'll go to a Ruth's Chris, but I'm going to look for a Morton's. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the little show they put on where they show you what broccoli I looks like. I know Dan is here saying Shula's is the best, and I get it because Dan was named after Dan Marino, the <laughs> quarterback of the fucking Dolphins. They, they, wanted, they wanted to name him after Don Shula, but there was a typo on the birth certificate. I know nothing about steakhouses. I Wait, just went, really? I, <laughs> No, I don't. But this is, I just wanted to say that this is one of those times where it's like a movie thing that happens just because it's like, well, you know, some character needs to die to motivate one of our heroes at this point in the script. Yeah. So uh-huh. he'll make yeah. a dumb choice. Can't, lo- can't lose Lois Lane because she's too busy flying off a of Superman to Kansas mm-hmm. uh, where they check out the house that the bank has taken. Oh, man, that big stupid bank that took away the Kent house. Um, and that's where we... <laughs> what are you, on their side, Stuart? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh well we'll get to that later okay. uh leave you on the edge of your seat because you know what that is the end of this chapter chapter five who is harry crumb 
Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, and Open Mike Eagle. I have this public-facing self, and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that, like, there's terrible sh going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus, and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McElroys as they return to Dungeons & Dragons with The Adventure Zone Graduation, every other Thursday on Maximum Fun, or wherever podcasts are found. Now let's have a word from our sponsors, guys. What do you think? Okay, let's do it. So uh, this episode of the Flop House is sponsored in part by Libby. Libby is a free reading app created by Overdrive that lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone, tablets, Kindle, or computers. All you need is a valid library card from your library. Even if you don't have a library card currently. You can read samples of any book you see. And Libby works just like your physical library. You simply borrow available books you want to read, and then they return themselves automatically after your loan expires. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've used this app. I got uh, Simon Callow's uh, uh, biography of Dickens. And uh, it was could not have been easier. I did not finish in time, but that was my fault, not the product. <laughs> did not finish in time, the Dan McCoy story. Seems like now, information you didn't have to share, but that's cool. <laughs> now you're probably wondering. Let's let's move off of let's move off of uh, Dan's TMI right now and just say, parents out there, are you asking if Libby is good for you? Yes, I have been a Libby user for. A while, at least a year now. Uh, it has been a lifesaver on long car trips. Uh, we load it up with audiobooks for the kids. Uh, they have picture books and they have chapter books, and we just let her rip. And uh, my sons love it. We've been listening to the original Oz novels uh, because that's been an obsession of theirs lately, and it's been super fun. And we have a long drive ahead of us this coming weekend. Are those narrated by be- Harold Perrineau's character? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, the, by which I mean the novelizations of episodes of Oz. Uh, 
R.I.P. Mums, rest in peace, please. And uh, the and I'm going to tell you that you just set the Libby going, and you don't even have to think about your children for the hours of driving. Wow. Look back every now and then, make sure they're they're still you know there. They they didn't fall out of the car at some point. Uh, and Libby takes care of the fix rest. That door, Elliot. <laughs> you no, know, no. It's t- I can't afford a new car right now or a new door. So I just got to check every now and then. The other thing is that the seatbelts don't work, so they're just duct taped in. But Libby keeps them entertained. So. Libby, it's the way to go. I yeah. highly recommend it. So download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling ebooks and audiobooks today. Stuart, I think you have, I have a, a little, plug. I have a little pluggy wug, and that is for another podcast. It's a podcast called I Know the Owner. Uh, it is a podcast. It is a new podcast uh, hosted by my wife, Charlene Wellington, the owner of a couple of bars and it is a podcast about bar people talking bar stuff i have been a guest a couple times uh which those are the worst episodes but the it's a great show and it gives if you're interested at all in the life of bar owners and bartending and service the service industry in general especially in a time like this where it's such uh, a state of flux um check it out i know the owner wherever you find podcasts and is that the last plug? Hey, yeah. speaking of comics, Maniac in New York, on shelves now <laughs> from Aftershock Comics. Check right, it out. That's the, that's the last one. So back to the back to the story. Okay, so we are into chapter six, the big box bash em up. That's right. <laughs> so the it's, team it's only called it because the cli- because the climax <laughs> takes place in a Home Depot. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. So the. Uh, at this point, the team is talking about their plan for how they're going to stop uh, Steppenwolf. They seem to the the and it's it's fine. They come up with a plan and everything, but it is a little weird that I've, Wonder Woman seems very aware of exactly what the uh, Mother Box is capable of. They're talking about how they want to have Cyborg try and disrupt the unity of the three Mother Boxes, and she's like. No, that thing destroys worlds. It'll know all your deepest fears, dude. And you're like, what for real? It's just I think a- you're forgetting, Stuart. She saw a mural. That's true. I've seen it's some. Very of, detailed I, I've mural. seen some murals by Gustav Klimt, and I feel like they get me in ways that I never knew myself. <laughs> but you're right. There's a lot of there's a, at this point we're in, now into the movie where the section of the movie where they've got a barrel towards the climax and they do not have time to learn things, so they start just spontaneously generating information that they need uh, to to get to the next step of the of the story. Yeah, like. Bruce Wayne talks about how he had a vision of the future where the Flash told him that Lois Lane is the key. It's very vague. It doesn't matter for the rest of the movie. I'm sure it's all set up for a future movie. It feels very dumb. I don't know about you guys. Well, And he's referring to a scene from a previous movie, which at, at the time didn't make sense and is still un, not necessary as of this movie. So the but he, and, and Bruce Wayne, oh, I want to say, I want to yeah, point out, Bruce Wayne has a really funny line. He says, they, he's like, they're like, Dark, they're like Steppenwolf and Darkseid. They conquered worlds, thousands of worlds. And Batman goes, he's never fought us, not us united. And it was like, yeah, he did, dude, in like part three, remember? And he <laughs> yeah. beat at you. Yeah. Do you not remember that? That was in your time. That was last night. Like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, like 12 hours ago. <laughs> that, you had that dope spider tank and he just fucking wrecked it. Yeah, and I can only assume that all that all that heat vision from Superman has given him some short term memory loss, That's and he's true, just like yeah. he's like this Steppenwolf. He's never seen us. He doesn't know our fighting styles. He definitely hasn't seen my Nightcrawler tank. And they're like, no, no, all that happened. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, don't don't let Bruce look at the Nightcrawler bin. He's going to be very disappointed. Bruce is like, you know what we should do? Bring Superman back. Why didn't we think of that earlier? That would go great. And they're like, Bruce, uh, why don't you sit down? Here, have some lemonade. Mean, meanwhile, in his energy testicle fortress, Steppenwolf is sinking the mother boxes. And one of the things I like about this scene is that Steppenwolf is a lot like me when I'm trying to get my fucking phone to sync with the blue uh, my, the Bluetooth player in my car. He's like, come on, sink. <laughs> like, he's so fucking frustrated. It's awesome. You, you know if he could, he'd just keep clicking the button over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Part of me is wondering if that was just some kind of, like, outtake from Kieran Hines, like, trying to record his <laughs> audio and through his fucking microphone. It wasn't working. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> now, let's just get some wild lines of you getting this, the, wanting the mother boxes to sink. What, what should I say? Something technical? No, whatever. Just say whatever comes to your mind. Uh, sink. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No, I want the more time is money. So Superman uh, sees his mom and she's like, for real? And he's like, for real. And then he's like, I'm going to go help everybody. I'm going to get in yeah. the battle again. You're like, no shit, you're Superman. That's apparently like, I mean, all you do. Every time I see Martha Kent in this movie, I'm like, is she the Martian Manhunter? <laughs> it's been established. <laughs> One of these times she Could was the be. Martian Manhunter. Could be. <laughs> you never know. See, because I have the same thing. I'm like, shouldn't she be putting on a show in the Streets of Fire universe right now? <laughs> yeah. Like, why isn't she singing Nowhere Fast? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Why isn't she under the Tuscan sun right now? Is that, <laughs> why Wait, she was Martian Manhunter in Under a Tuscan Sun? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which of her roles were, were Martian Manhunter. Was Martian Manhunter one of the fabulous stains? I don't know. I can't tell. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to watch them all. Okay. <laughs> so Superman's like, he's made up his mind. He's going to do a battle. So you got to imagine in, in History of Violence when, when Viggo Mortensen's like, yeah, I'm, I'm secretly an assassin, but like you're the Martian Manhunter, so maybe let's not throw stones, okay? <laughs> let's not talk about keeping secrets in a marriage, okay? See, wait a minute. That's a different... Wait a minute. Wait, was she, was she in the History of Violence or was that Maria Bello? I thought that was Diane Lane. Is it Maria yeah, Bella? It's Maria it is, Bella. Yeah. <laughs> I got mixed up. No, because she wears a hat because she's the hat detective. <laughs> yes. That's right. I the forgot. Hat detective. She was. I forgot. She uh, without her hat, I didn't recognize <laughs> her. Yeah, it makes when sense. When Stuart said we have to go through all, we got a lot of movies. We got to go through. Them. I was now imagining someone who saw Justice League doesn't understand how movie works, and they're like, "Oh my God, for how long?" Oh. How long, we have to go back through all of Diane Lane's films and see, look for clues. We got to find the Easter eggs that prove that she was really John Jones, the Martian Manhunter, who has who has the single funniest line in the movie, which we'll get to at yeah, the end, yeah. I think. But yeah, it's great. Ooh. So Superman decides to fly back to his ship, and he passes those uh, Superman costume vaginas that Elliot talked about, and then he mm-hmm, sets his eyes mm-hmm. on something special. That's right. An all-black Superman costume, because that's what this movie needed, is less color. (laughs) So he goes flying off, and you're like, okay, I guess he'll show up at some point. Okay, so Batman decides to... uh, Batman takes the team. They fly to Chernobyl. They see the energy testicle. Uh, The ship that he'd been building finally works, thanks to Cyborg fixing it up. Like, that's not a big surprise. Batman has a plan. He drops off the team, and then he flies his little ship over... He blasts the testicle a bunch of times with missiles because, again, Batman never uses guns. 
He blasts open the thing. He knocks out an energy tower that is creating the energy force field. And then he crashes his plane. And then a bunch of parademons go after him. And he's like, don't worry about me. I'm a baby boomer. I can do it all myself. <laughs> no, here's, I want you to explain Batman's plan to me. Because he's like, we have the plan. Follow the plan and don't worry about me. And the plan seems to be that they t- protect him as he does all this stuff. And, yeah. and to keep parademons off him. Like, I don't, but that I didn't understand the, how I don't the plan. I don't think that was the plan. His plan was like, I'll do it all myself. I'm a tough guy. I don't care anymore. But then, as soon as as soon as she gets real, so yeah. was the plan. Like the plan was like, you guys stay here and watch me do this shit. Make sure to get it on the GoPro so we can upload it later to <laughs> yeah. TikTok. Yeah. I'm gonna go beat this guy single handed. Yeah, picture uh, me stunting. Uh, so while he's while he's fighting parademons, he's like, smash that subscribe button, smash that like button. <laughs> yeah. Leave a Leave comment. Some comments, please. <laughs> so Batman's part here, right? Is Only to fire break emojis. The... Hashtag Batman do it all. So Batman breaks into the testicle, but what once they're in there, like what we got is basically a Back to the Future scenario, right? Where like Cyborg is holding the Where box. Batman's Batman's mom really wants to sleep with him because no, she doesn't know that it's no, like that Batman's going to grow up to be a son. The Flash has to race by and charge up Cyborg so he can shoot into Longmore. Yeah, that man. seems to be their. Yeah, that's the like the fucking yeah. fastball special of this team, right? Yeah. Is that they just like they keep doing this shit over and over and again. Um, so they have a. There's a so it's really this movie is really in a big way much more than the original one. This is the Flash and Cyborg's movie. Yeah, like yeah. it's. The, I feel like part of Joss Whedon's mission statement was like we got to de-flash and de-cyborg this movie because they get so much more to do here and it's so much more their story but i don't remember them that much from the original version of it and also i mean let's be honest like they are given the most character to play too so it's weird to me that they were like so cut down in the shorter version because they're the only ones who have anything that approaches a personality yeah yeah everybody else feels like uh kind of established characters uh, yeah. that you're supposed to already give a shit about, and the two of them, you actually, are. they feel like they have arcs. So yeah. uh, there's this action sequence where they're, like, running through, uh, I'm hoping, an abandoned town because they blow the fucking shit out of it. It was established in earlier on. It is abandoned. It's, the radiation levels are so high, no one can survive there although, except superheroes. Although Steppenwolf took all the radiation when he built his cool-ass energy testicle, so... So maybe Steppenwolf's not the bad guy. He's de-irradiating towns. This is like at the end of Godzilla, mm-hmm. King of the Monsters, when it was revealed that to, to solve climate change, we just needed to set, set a big bunch of kaiju around to smash mm-hmm. buildings, and that would make everything better. I don't know how comfortable I am with Elliot doing PR for Steppenwolf right now, but we'll talk about that after the episode. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's two sides of the story, and it has nothing at all to do with the payments I recently received from mm-hmm. Step and Wolf. Uh-huh. It's a law firm in no way affiliated with Steppenwolf, the cosmic <laughs> supervillain. I'm just saying, hey guys, have you thought maybe uh, this whole Steppenwolf hoax uh, is just the deep state trying to get uh-huh. at someone who's really trying to get to the bottom of the questions of our time? Questions like... What happened to Baby Dinosaur? Is he still around? Or did he go extinct with all the other ones? I'm just saying maybe mm-hmm. Steppenwolf got a little too... And I'd say, I know I said Steppenwolf. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. Steppenwolf, who maybe also Steven, goes by Steppenwolf. Steven first. That's, uh, yeah, that's maybe Steven first got a little brother. too close. <laughs> maybe Steppenwolf descended from Laserwolf, the butcher from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, whose name, now they think about it, is more of a supervillain name than Steppenwolf's name. Because <laughs> yeah. if he was called Laserwolf, you'd be like, yeah, definitely. He works for Darkseid, sure. Yeah, he's a wolf out. who shoots lasers out of his eyes. Yeah. But anyway, I'm just saying, uh, Steppenwolf, shall we? I gotta admit, as much as I did love Fiddler on the Roof uh, when you showed it to me, Elliot, I I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I was a little disappointed when the character Laser Wolf showed up and he was just a guy. 
Yeah, it is. It is mm-hmm. disappointing. It's disappointing. I can only not. I can only uh, hit it up to the fact that uh, in Yiddish, uh, laser and wolf are different <laughs> words than in English. <laughs> that so, makes sense. To, yeah, your so story when, checks when out. I, I assume when Sholem Aleichem was writing the original Tevi the Dairyman stories, he didn't think, "Yeah, I'm going to give this character a badass superhero name, <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to reveal that he's just a butcher." Yeah, he's just a middle-aged butcher who's who, who's lonely and would like to marry Tevi's daughter. Yeah. Now, the people who doesn't work out the. No, but but uh, was it Harmon and Bond? I'm trying to remember who who wrote the stage show Fiddler on the Roof. They should know better. They knew English. <laughs> yeah. They should know that Laser Wolf was writing checks that they couldn't let's cash. Just, let's just call him Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> you have to imagine these these audi- these. It's 1968. These audiences of uh, like synagogue groups are being bussed into Manhattan to go see Fiddler on the Roof, and they hear the name Laser Wolf, and all the men in the audience go, "Oh, interesting. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> let's check uh. the playbill to see who's playing this. Co- is it Hugh Jackman? I love him. Actually, is it Jason to be honest, Statham? The only f- <laughs> to be honest, the, the I can I can imagine a world where Jack Kirby, who was of course Jewish, uh, went to see Fiddler on the Roof uh, and heard there was a character named Laser Wolf, and had already in his mind had built up a forty book epic about this guy yeah. who is he goes he's a werewolf, but he also can turn into yes. a laser because of something that happened on a, the light of a full moon, Man. and then the character shows up and he's like, "What? Hold on, <laughs> my version of my version of." Laser Wolf be so much better. At least my characters will be so clearly defined that they can never be misinterpreted in this way. Yeah, and then Stan Lee was behind him taking notes about the character that Jack yeah. Kirby was ca- coming up with. And them. then and then wrote at the bottom, Laser Wolf copyright Stan Lee <laughs> yeah. at the bottom of the at the bottom of the. If, there, if yeah. there was a Twitter at the time, the like uh, sketches that Jack Kirby would have posted immediately after seeing the show would be amazing. Yeah, it would be amazing. Or or uh, here's the other thing that might have happened. Is that uh, Jack Kirby was brought in as a script doctor when they were for out of town tryouts of Fiddler on the Roof, and he's like, "There's just one problem: that butcher, he shouldn't be named Jacob anymore. What should we name him? Laser Wolf. Uh, okay, it seems inappropriate for the character. He doesn't have lasers. He's not a wolf. Uh, well, let's see how the name works, and then we can go from there. And the name was such a hit with audiences. Yeah. They would say, they say, uh, uh, Yenta walks in. She goes, "I have a match for your eldest Seitel. Who is it? Who? Laser Wolf. And audiences were just standing ovations lost their shit they just yeah. lo- they didn't even and hear the, the rest of the show and he goes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's when it's like when i heard about the that comic that was written by little kid and drawn by his like uncle or something that comic axe cop i'm axe like cop, yeah not nearly like sorry kid <laughs> sorry little kid but laser wolf beat you to the punch dude <laughs> Uh, so, uh, the team, uh, runs around the streets. Batman again, <laughs> traditionally doesn't use guns, goes ape shit with all kinds of guns. He uses the guns on his tank. And then after he's done using that shit, he takes alien guns and starts blasting them with their own shit. It's fucking nuts. He it like, bl- he, like shoots them the- all in the head and shit. He's probably like, yeah, thank oh. God I've been mean to <laughs> mean to shoot dudes. Couldn't do it cause they're humans. But since you guys are parademons, I can go crazy. Yeah, it just because you uh, walk on two legs and have faces doesn't mean you're not just animals I can blast to pieces with these lasers. Yeah. And the parademons, they don't put up the best showing. You've got to imagine that at some point in the history of the many thousands of years that Darkseid has been conquering worlds, someone has gotten a hold of one of these laser guns on another planet and done some damage to the parademons. The parademons are the most canonist of fodder. Yeah, yeah. You know? The no. so we have a battle like everybody gets a chance to do some fun cool stuff whatever, um, but it all boils down to 
the majority. I think it was around the point. I think it was around the point that Aquaman impaled two parademons with his trident, mm-hmm. and there was green blood everywhere. That I was like, I think I do want my daddy's DC heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, is there a different cut of this? <laughs> <laughs> is there a cut where the heroes take less glee and slaughter? Yeah. Is there a cut of this that's just the Iron Giant? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it boils down to Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Cyborg in that reactor while the the mother boxes are sinking up. As you can see, there's a little status bar above them, and it's almost full. <laughs> and Steppenwolf shows up, and we have a battle. Steppenwolf is super tough. Uh, they keep trying to get him away from the box. It's not a terrible action sequence. I, I kind of like the idea that they keep just trying to like lead this tough guy away from the box so Cyborg can, uh, I guess, meld with it or whatever. It's a good setup. I did In my notes, I did write pretty dull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. It's a, it's a, I think, after you've seen one fight in yeah. a dark w- warehouse of these guys punching each other, to see another one, it's like, at least make it look a little different. Oh, of course. You know? I know. Yeah. Um, and Cyborg's plan seems to be like, yeah, jump into the Unity question mark question mark question mark save world yeah like so meanwhile like, and meanwhile I, I, know, I know computers i'm like donatello i know machines i can mm-hmm. stop the unity and meanwhile flash is running circles around this thing he's just waiting for the go ahead so he can touch cyborg on the shoulder and they can activate they can de-unity it or push him into the unit he's he's going to give him some kind of super shove yeah. that allow him to enter the unity and become a being <laughs> of pure information i suppose yeah. he's he has to have wonder woman needs to like uh you know be on all fours like behind like like uh, to trip cyborg behind him, he'll shove him into the unity, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's got to be a surprise or else it doesn't work. Yeah, That's yeah. unity rules. Yeah, and things are looking at their worst. The unity's happening. Flash gets blasted by an alien cannon, and uh, Steppenwolf uh, is ascendant at this point. And then of course. That's when Superman shows up. He takes a Steppenwolf axe to the check a chest. He's like, mm, unimpressive. I don't care. And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of Steppenwolf. He starts blasting his armor off with his laser mm-hmm. beams. It's kind of fucked up. I'm like, whoa, chill out, dude. It's cool. Yeah. Um, it no, feels I, like it is- feels like every 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 movie about how bad revenge is, where you're like, yeah, I can't wait to see this guy get revenge, mm-hmm. and then they torture the bad guy, and you're like, this is not, oh, this no, was an yeah, anti-revenge exactly. movie. This, like, this I feel bad now. Immediately, yeah. immediately, Audrey's like, I kind of feel bad for Steppenwolf now. <laughs> yeah, like, when, it's just like, yeah, Superman is beating, wailing on him. Uh, and then he like lasers off one of his horns, and I'm like, that's part of his body, dude. He's bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think it is part of his helmet. You think it was part of his head? Yeah, there's blood all over the place. Yeah, like oh, I didn't the, even notice the blood. Yeah, it's I'm, crazy. I'm shielding my eyes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, El- yeah. Elliot, uh, Elliot had to close his eyes because it was too scary. Yeah, I think the part where Superman picked up the last fi- photo that Steppenwolf owned of his mother and then burned it with his laser vision was a bit much. And Steppenwolf's like Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, He's just calling up girls Steppenwolf had crushes on in high school and telling them what a loser Steppenwolf is. Fucking just... savage, right? Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> so Flash realizes, oh no, uh, despite beating the trash out of Steppenwolf, it's not enough. The unity's happened. The portal's opening. There's only one thing he can do. That's right. Run fast enough to rewind time a little bit so he can fix it. Again, not into this, and it's like a weird, like prog metal album cover of the Flash running super fast. 
hits Cyborg, and Cyborg oh, wow. goes into the no. Unity. You're so no, bored guys. by this, and I have to admit, like this is the one time where I felt like there are any like stakes in any of the 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 fighting scene because like it, you know, like usually I'm not into like the whole like. Ugh, the one thing I've always tried to avoid doing is the one thing I must do. At this, but like, it did have a nice feeling of at least like this part of it had some sort of import, especially because like, the Flash has just been like severely injured and he's pushing yeah. himself so hard. I, and I you've kinda, seen the mother box scour the earth of living beings. Yeah, I kind of like this as the, as I guess the, stakes, as the yeah. road now, reconstitutes in front of his feet. Now, just to provide a competing opinion to Dan's, uh, Dan, I know, knows all about steaks, and not just because he's such a devotee of Don Shula and his <laughs> eponymous steak chain, which, again, is a pretty good steak chain. I mean, I'd call it maybe a, a solid three after, of course, Morton's and Ruth's Chris. I'm sure there's others I'm forgetting that maybe are better than Don Shula's. But if, if you're going to put Tad's on there, that's like number 70. You uh-huh, know? They're yeah. not even real steaks. They're sandwiches. Anyway, so is speak- so I— Took a, I have to admit, I took a break between the first half and the second half of this movie and watched another movie in between because I needed something else. And, I, and this is going to be a stealth recommendation because we're not doing recommendations this episode. But I watched the movie Straight Time with Dustin Hoffman. It's a movie from the 70s where he's a guy who gets out of jail, tries to go straight, cannot do it, and falls back into crime again. And there's a scene in that movie where he and Harry Dean Stanton are robbing a jewelry store that Dustin Hoffman has previously brought his girlfriend to. He showed her a watch that was t- too expensive for him to buy. But one of his motives in robbing this jewelry store is he wants to get that watch for her. And he's plotted it all out with Harry Dean Stanton. They have a minute and a half after the alarm goes off to get to the getaway car and, and leave before the cops get there. And he's uh, Dustin Hoffman is smashing all the jewelry cases, and he's looking for that watch, and he cannot find it. And he's screaming at the people who work at the store, where's that watch? There was a watch here. Where's that watch? And Harry Dean Stanton, who doesn't know that Dustin Hoffman wants this watch for his girlfriend, is yelling, gotta go, man. Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here, man. We gotta leave. And Dustin Hoffman is losing it, like smashing this stuff and just digging through the glass in the in the cases, trying to find this watch. While Harry Dean Sam is going, gotta go. Gotta get out of here, man. And I was so in such suspense. Like the stakes in that moment were so high for me. And I was so, I was like cringing because I knew they had, I was like, get the hell out of there. What are you doing? Yeah. And then I watched the second half and I was like, oh, Flash has got to run fast enough to go back in time to save all life on Earth. <laughs> Ho hum. Like so, it was like there is there are stakes in this moment, if but there's still such. I, I, if only Harry Dean Stanton could run that fast. <laughs> I mean, Elliot, I mean, if only, when, com- there, when compared to another film, yes, you are correct. I'm just, I am grading on a curve that exists within the film. Just as no, late. and that's fair, and that's fair. But I, it, it pointed up to me seeing those two things back to back, just kind of like how how little humanity there was in this yes. one. It is on that big that big cosmic metaphorical level, but I don't know what it's saying. And so there's big stakes, but it just couldn't match the stakes of like Dustin Hoffman looking for a watch that he couldn't find while Harry Dean St- or, or while Harry Dean Stanton yells at him, you know. Yeah. yeah. So of course he touches Cyborg. Cyborg goes into the box. Uh Cyborg sees himself and his parents who are both dead. And they're like, hey, we did it. Uh, we can stay here forever. And he's like, mm, not so fast, guys. You're the three mother boxes trying to trick me. So he sticks his little hands in them, and they turn into boxes like demons for a little bit. Then they turn into boxes. And then, cut to the real world, Superman's helping him pull those boxes apart. Just We see through a portal, Darkseid is not happy. He's like bumming out. He's hanging out with Desaad, and I'm assuming Granny Goodness. I can't really tell. They don't name it her. It looked like it was probably Granny Goodness. Yeah. So uh, they managed to separate the boxes, and then they beat the shit out of uh, Steppenwolf some more. 
Aquaman like spears him through the back and blood flies everywhere. <laughs> and then they like chuck him through the portal and Wonder Woman Wait, makes uh, a point to like do a dope flip maneuver and chop his head off uh, while he's flying. <laughs> and she chops it off so fast that both the body and the head fly through the portal at the same time. To land at Darkseid's feet. Yeah, as if to, just to say like, hey, we're worse than you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they send a message. And Darkseid like... <laughs> Like, does a proper trap with his foot. Like, wow, has he been? Does he play soccer in his free time? <laughs> and he like smushes. Yeah, he plays the, a lot of. He does play a lot of soccer in his like free time. With smushes the, the, the head a little his... bit, and you're like, whoa, dude. I know, like, you don't. You're kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's his character, right? But uh, like, you know this dude. Don't step on his face. <laughs> wants, and this is. He thinks that a dark side from the other team is going to come in and try uh, and kick it away. So yeah, I get gotta... it. I get it. So, it, and as everyone knows in soccer, if you squish the ball, you automatically win the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I, so here's here's this is me this is me giving some script notes on a movie that is already finished mm-hmm. and also re-edited twice. once. So it's finished it's been released twice. twice. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna go when you're gonna go back and do another cut of it, I still don't know why they chose Steppenwolf as the bad guy rather than Calabac, because the movie is building up this theme of fathers and sons. You have Cyborg and his dad, Flash and his dad. You have Superman and his memory of his dad. You have Bruce Wayne, who never had a dad, but Alfred kind of functions as a father for him. Wonder Woman, she's a lady. She's dealing with her mom. That's how this movie but, works. And you also, you're, if you're a and you also you deal with a, your dad. If you're a woman, you feel, deal with your mom. And there's also yeah. uh, a Lois Lane scene where she is missing a dead Superman, and she very clearly opens up a nightstand drawer, and there's a pregnancy test there. Yes. So it's like they're dealing with this thing of parentage. So... Why not have the bad guy be Calabac, Darkseid's actual son, who is always mad because he lives in the shadow of Orion, the secret son that Darkseid really likes more, even though he's dedicated to overthrowing Darkseid. Maybe they're saving them for the New Gods movie? I don't know. But it was like, this is this is NFTs on the table that you're leaving here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zack Snyder's Justice League uh-huh. should have made it Calabac. And yeah. then it's like, how brutal is he to squish his own son's head because yeah. he's disappointed in his son? That yeah. makes Darkseid even badder mother. But... The worst mother of all, mm, probably Superman's mom, who disappears from the movie and doesn't seem to want to spend time with her revived from the dead son anymore. It's John Jones, Martian Manhunter. That's yeah. what I'm telling oh, you. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. So, so, but if he's going to keep up the ruse, he's got to keep taking Superman out for dinners and things like that, and arguing over who's going to pay the check and stuff. Yeah. So Elliot's jumping on the front, right? So we uh, we have a little bit of hero moment. Uh, they all stand mm-hmm. and they look, survey the world that they've just saved. And now we are into epilogue. That's right. Th- there's 30 minutes left. And that's the epilogue. Epilogue mm-hmm. titled Daddy Issues. That's right. <laughs> uh, Aquaman's like, fuck this. I don't want to go back to Atlantis. I'm going to ride around in a truck. And you're like, fair, dude. That's cool. Uh, well, he says he's going to go visit his dad. That's mm-hmm. more dad stuff. Yeah. Uh, Batman decides to turn the ruins of Wayne Manor into Justice League headquarters. Okay, man, whatever. Uh, Flash gets a job while talking to his dad. Uh, I don't think he gets it while well, talking to his dad. I think he, he announced it to his dad. Yeah. I don't think they, they didn't hand him the letter while he was like, uh, hey, can I do the job interview on in the prison while I'm visiting my dad? I mean, he, I he moves really fast. So. He could have done done at the same time. That's true. Guys. You're right. He, You're right. He, that's true. Thank he you. gets a job in a crime lab. Speaking of labs, we see Star Labs briefly, and we, get a, we realize that the guy who's been working for Dr. Stone this whole time was Ryan Choi, who specializes in nanotechnology. That's right, guys. It's the Atom. Yeah. He's going to be in a future movie. Uh, I guess. Oh, okay. No, I saw. Well, I looked in the uh, the Wikipedia that like 
they said that there was a proposed Adam spinoff that they didn't uh. do, but it, it even it just makes it even more glaring at the end though, because that character has been given next to nothing to do for the entire movie, and then at the end there's this little wink like I'm important, you know? <laughs> yeah. The uh, Superman manages to get his mom's house back and Bruce Wayne's there and he's like, how do you do it, Bruce? And we've already established that Bruce Wayne is super rich and he's like, I bought the bank. And you're like, oh, cool, I guess, dude. Like, well, it's, it's also like, why don't you just buy the house, yeah, dude? I think like, the, you got to flex? Exactly. The bank doesn't necessarily have an interest in keeping the house. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the value of the house yeah. is what the bank is interested yeah. in. Yeah, fucking this, this. fix Flint's water, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he's a like he's not only <laughs> he's just a bad bad at being a billionaire. Really, is what it is. Yeah. Like they're like, hey, hey, all these guys are giving money to fix Notre Dame. I bought France. <laughs> Done. That's not going to solve the problem, Bruce. Yeah, I, it's, yeah, I mean, wasting all but, the money that could go to crime fighting. <laughs> It's because hey, it's because hey, every time Bruce Wayne tries to get any work done, like a Martian Manhunter shows up and talks to him. But we'll get to yeah, that. that's true. It's Philip Johnson Glasshouse, uh, and he, he's all like, he's all like, I don't want to, I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people into dinosaurs. That's right, <laughs> referencing my own work. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was written by a popular comic book writer whose name I don't remember because I don't. Yeah, remember I thought that was written writer. by anonymous internet. Just yeah, it was, like... it was written by the gestalt mind of Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they get the house back. We get a uh, Lex Luthor has managed to break out of Arkham Asylum, and he is hanging out on a cool yacht, and a little guy named Slade Wilson shows up. That's right. Mm -hmm. Deathstroke the Terminator, the coolest guy who has two cool names mushed together. Uh, He shows up. That's right. Joe Manchinello. He's only got one eye, but he's got probably two swords, maybe three. I don't see them all. Uh, and they're just hanging out on his yacht, and Lex Luthor, very twitchy, played by Jesse Eisenberg, uh, is like, hey, I'm going to make it worth your while. Guess what? Batman is this guy, Bruce Wayne. And you're like, no shit. He's been, like, super casual with that lately. <laughs> he tells everybody who he is. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit anymore. He's old. Um, and uh, Destro's like, it's, it's, ooh, it's, I guess I will toast to that. And you're like, really? For real? I want I want to ask a question. Does uh-huh. doesn't do I do you also agree with me and maybe this is me being too nitpicky that Deathstroke's like futuristic eye patch looks dumber than if he was just wearing a cheapo costume eye patch that you would buy at like a Halloween yes. store. Yeah, I don't, is that like a tactical eye patch? Is that the kind of I eye patch they sell to like dads who don't want to wear a normal baby Bjorn, they want to wear one with like a fuckload <laughs> of pouches? <laughs> mm. Yeah, well that's Rob Liefeld's baby yeah. Bjorn has all those pouches on it, yeah. I'm going to look it up. The tactical eye patch, yeah. So, oh, yeah, but guess, yeah. but guys, we're about to go into the epilogue that is no, actually sorry. a prologue for the next series. Uh, you are yep. correct though. This looks like he has some electrical tape that he just like, <laughs> went around his head with. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, okay. yeah. So this is the big. I guess this is the big additional scene because I feel like the yeah. other one was like a post credit scene. But this this scene is uh, Bruce Wayne is having one of his nightmares. And this is a future nightmare where he knows exactly what he he predicts the future, and this is set in another post-apocalyptic hellscape covered and, in and parademons. And this is canon. It's well known in all of the different versions of Batman and all media that he has the power of premonition and and is a seer who can has <laughs> oh, visions of cool. the future. Yeah, yeah. If you remember in <laughs> Batman, when such Adam, a Pisces, Adam, Adam, right? <laughs> Adam West Batman was constantly going into trances and having visions of horrible futures. Uh, uh, Batman the animated series it was very common. Come, yeah, yeah. Robin, sit at the crystal ball with me. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Robin, I've I've got a scrying class. <laughs> oh wow! We must cast the runes. <laughs> Har- Harvey Dent, can we trust him? Forget I asked that. I just saw twenty years in the future. We can't. He turns into Two Face. <laughs> So yeah. uh, oh, I, did, I didn't know I didn't know you had second sight, Batman. Why didn't you use that to save your parents? Hey, man, I'm a kid. Get off my! I was a kid then. Get off my back. So this uh, so we're yeah, sec- enough second sight to not walk down Crime Alley. <laughs> I was too high on Zorro movies. I, I didn't know what I was doing. So uh, the Batman is hanging out in a post-apocalyptic future desert type place. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, he is still dressed up as Batman, but he's wearing a coat and he has goggles, which is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, he's he's now steampunk Batman, and we, and we he's know carrying it's, we like know it's... an assault rifle, which I'm like, okay, I guess at this point he doesn't care. Like I, we I know should just a... give up in this argument. <laughs> I'm just a killer now. The, 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 the you know the the supposed apocalyptic world because the air is tinged yellow as if they are living in a tank of urine, which ironically <laughs> makes it the most colorful scene in the entire uh-huh. movie. Yeah. yeah, it's got the, the ochre tint that any American movie that is set in Mexico uses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fucked up. True. Uh, so the they're hanging out on a they're hanging out on like a ruined highway that we get a post apocalyptic version of Batman. We have Mira from Atlantis who is mourning the death of uh, Jason Momoa, which I get it. He's great. Uh, well of Aquaman. Yeah. Uh, we also not have, the actor Jason Momoa. Not, that would be weird. They can't exist in the same universe. Um, there's uh, Slade Wilson is there with a mohawk, and you're like, I just saw you without a mohawk. I guess time's <laughs> passed. Um, who else? Do we, we have Cyborg. S- Cyborg. We have the Flash in like a weird like metal yeah. suit. Well, and it's all not clear at first that the Flash is with them, and then you get a close up of him later in the scene out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, I guess the Flash is with them." Yeah, I guess is that, they, didn't want, is that, they didn't want to introduce Johnny Quick or something. Is that you know? metal suit part of the Flash back background that I don't know? Is that like a? Comic uh, uh, I think it's just more more me- general post apocalyptic stuff. Mecha but, Flash, but the most important <laughs> character, <laughs> the most important characters, right there. That's right, Academy Ugh. Award winner Jared Leto Ugh. as the Joker, Mister Joker. Uh, he somehow managed to get his tattoos scrubbed from his body. <laughs> that was part of part of his uh, reform program, <laughs> okay. I guess, was the tattoo removal. Now, according to the internet, this is the greatest Batman Joker scene in any media. Do you guys agree with that assessment? Because <laughs> after you tell yours, I'll tell you how I feel really about it. How they're reacting to it? Uh, this is a, just a. I mean, this is just like an unpleasant scene and it's unnecessary because this, all of this is setting up sequels that will not happen in the form that they originally were planned. So, like, if if anything should not be in this movie, it's this stuff. But Yes, and I would also go as far as to say that uh, if they had changed the name of the character so that instead of, Jared Leto, instead of addressing Jared Leto as Joker, they had addressed him as Jim Carrey, I would have been like... <laughs> Yeah, that's who he is. He's just doing a bad impression of Jim Carrey. <laughs> like, and I to- I kind of like this post-apocalyptic uh, world where the Joker has died and Jim Carrey has taken his place. <laughs> he played him once. Why not play him in real life? You know, yeah, like the Riddler. Come on. Come oh, that's on. right. Well, that's actually, the Joker. Come- yeah, he got. That's true. Well, the Riddler is just a. Uh, he's, yeah, no, he's, he's just cut rate Joker. Yeah, you know, definitely. You're right. I'm sorry. I can't believe I got that wrong. It was the Riddler. It, it seems like a real waste that he didn't play the Joker, but he kind of is since Jared Leto is so clearly channeling him yeah. to do this. Yeah, so it's and it's a scene where like the Joker's talking shit. They seem to be unlikely allies, even though the Joker is wearing a bandolier of like police badges. I'm assuming from police people he's killed. 
And uh, the, yeah, and they like, they have the verbal sparring of talking about other characters that are dead. And now Joker says that Batman caused all this by letting her die. And of course the her we have to assume is Lois Lane or maybe Lana Lang. It could be any number of female characters from DC who have two L names. Uh, And they also mention that Harley Quinn died and there's mention of a boy wonder. Hmm, interesting. Who could that be? Perhaps a baby dinosaur that was quite <laughs> quite a, a wonder of a boy. Well, I guess the baby dinosaur's gender was not really was not really clear, which is fine. We don't need to know it, you know? That's that's up to them, you know? Uh but this this whole scene it just feels like it is a like it is in a in a movie that kind of verges on fan fiction at times, this feels like the most fan fictiony scene to me. Uh partly yeah. because it is not connected to anything else in the film. So it kind of feels like they're just like, let's go crazy. Let's go nuts. These characters, whatever. And it also does that thing where, like, the scene ends where, like, Batman's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And you're like, I don't care. Like, what? <laughs> like, you don't have to impress me, movie. I know you're badass. It's also, it's one of the, it's the same issue I had with, with Harley Quinn and Suicide Squad where I was like, what is the power that this person brings to the table? Not that Harley Quinn is an, an amazing fighter and a, and a great gal, but that you have this team of superpowered individuals, and I fail to see what power the Joker brings to it, because he's mm-hmm. the kind of guy who's like good at committing crimes, but he's not like he's good, he's not good at, in a fight necessarily, and unless he's got a lot of henchmen and an unlimited budget for stuff. Like, yeah. he's, not, he's not really going to help you that <laughs> yeah, much, yeah. you know? Unless he's got a full, like, team building a giant Joker-faced <laughs> monolith. Oh, this is this is a... Oh, man, if I ever get to pitch this to DC, I would love to, that Joker is basically, like, a Christo-type artist who comes up with big ideas, and then it's up to his team to execute mm-hmm. them, but he gets all the credit for it, and he's yeah. like, he's like, hmm, I want to... I wanna, blow up smiles on Mount Rushmore on all the presidents. Make this happen, team. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's do some research into what kind of explosives will make it make the right impact without blowing up the heads of the presidents. I guess Joker's too busy doing interviews yeah, on the yeah. gallery circuit, yeah. you know? Yeah, some, I mean, somebody's got to do the work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's why he's, yeah, a bad Suicide Squad member or, like, a team member or anything member, like, because it's just like, well, he's very good at something, but that something is sort of, like, just spreading chaos and looking out for himself. So, like, yeah. that's not, you know, you don't want that on a on a team that's going to do and a he's, thing. And he's not even there as, like, the funny morale builder, because as we've seen over the past several Batman-related movies, the Joker stopped being funny at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like, he stopped being good at telling jokes. And yeah. so it's not even like you'd be like, well, he's crazy. He doesn't add much in a fight, and he might murder all of us. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to laugh and blow off steam, yeah. you know? <laughs> So you should you're you're suggesting they just change his name to like Twisted Guy or something? Yeah, yeah, damaged. That's his name is just damaged. Oh, wow. Just like his his tattoo says. Cool. You know? I mean, before it got scrubbed off by I guess yeah. the sand that was blowing everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> before, now he's essentially he's essentially just hot topic the man. You yeah. know, that's that's basically what he is. Uh but. so after that we have uh Bruce Wayne wakes up from this horrible premonition nightmare. He's in his beautiful Lakeside home. Uh, when <laughs> I wonder, I wish I wish he had looked at the camera and said, "That's it, no more hoagies for dinner," and that was the <laughs> that end of the would movie. Be great, right? Because hoagies are uh, the regional food of Gotham City. <laughs> Maybe they call them grinders there. I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he goes out on his little deck, 
uh, a figure is flying down and you're like, oh, cool. He's going to say hi to his buddy Superman. Nope. This is a person he's never met before. <laughs> That's right. It's Martian Manhunter. Maybe he has met him, met Martian Manhunter before. We don't know. Martian Manhunter He reacts anyone. as if he has not seen him. And he does introduce himself at the end of the conversation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I, guessing they haven't met. I don't think that, I mean, Batman, you know, maybe not the best tactical move when you're in the line of work that you are to just like sort of wander out to a strange alien who's floating down at you, mm-hmm. you know, just wearing your PJs. That's because you don't have powers. That's he doesn't have powers, although he's no, no, he didn't. He, he does have the power to see the future and he knows he lived to destroy <laughs> oh, the world. So that's true. He, Martian Manhunter is not going to just put even the easily Martian Manhunter could just push him off that deck. And I mean, a regular person could do that. Yeah. You know? just, <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So Martian Manhunter shows up. They have like a cool little chat. Uh, and then Martian Manhunter flies off and music swells. End of movie. After after saying my favorite line in the movie. What's that? He, he goes, what's your name? And he goes, some have called. I've gone by many names. Some have called me Martian Manhunter. <laughs> and I was like, impossible. That is an impossible name to say seriously in that way. <laughs> because at least. And what gets me. What gets me is. Is the Martian part So you're saying Bruce Wayne should have been like. Bullshit. <laughs> I call shenanigans, buddy. I call yeah. nobody. Either nobody calls you that, or they call you that as a joke. It's like, if he said they call me the Manhunter, and and Bruce Wayne was like, "All right, some kind of Martian Manhunter." Like the fact that he owns Martian as the name that he introduces yeah. people with seems silly to me. But it's yeah, also it's like, like when I go to, when I go to another country, and I'm like, "Hello, I'm American Dan," and they're like, yeah. "American Dad, you're hilarious." I'm like, "No." <laughs> Thanks, but I am not that popular Seth MacFarlane show. Yeah, it, it's the and also we haven't seen him hunt any men. Yep, and we don't. This is the first we learn he's from Mars. To be uh-huh. honest, like he could be just a human who who has superpowers. So it's almost like uh, he, he should have been like some call me. Martian mom impersonator and, and then flew off into space sure. that's what we've seen him do it's true we would all buy it so are you saying that like it's kind of like uh, Martian... some, some call me some call me Martian milk hunter flies off into space <laughs> oh wow oh uh, watch out so do you think he's do you think he's like approaching this where he's like time to reinvent yourself John Jones <laughs> this is like the first day of camp I gotta give myself a cool ass nickname and, you're, and Bruce Wayne's he... like laser wolf was right there why did you call <laughs> yourself Martian Manhunter should have said late at, at the idea that uh that, it, that Martian Manhunter beforehand is psyching himself up in the mirror and he's like come on come on you got to show him you're just as good as them you deserve to be on their team uh-huh. you can do this and you're going to give him their cool name you're going to say some call me oh what are they going to call me mm-hmm. uh I'll think of it on the flight over I'll get I'll and think he's like, of it and if, if Bruce Wayne presses me on what I've accomplished I can tell them I convinced <laughs> Lois Lane to get back into journalism <laughs> Uh, the I think it also it points to um, a uh, uh, so I would say a shallow bench in some ways of the DC heroes uh-huh. that they're already I mean they've done a bunch of movies already but that they're at Martian Manhunter but they're still treating him as if the audience at home after they who after they've seen Superman Batman Flash One Woman like superheroes I'm, the, the average American I'm sure is aware of the name at least yeah that after at Martian Manhunter they're gonna be like yeah okay no, I was, Martian Manhunter I think I was like 30 years old before I ever heard the words Martian Manhunter put together <laughs> because he's a goofy it's certainly character. strung he has, together <laughs> he has all the powers of Superman plus shape-shifting plus telepathy and they're like but his he has a big weakness 
fire. Okay, <laughs> that's my weakness too, dude. Like that's not that crazy yeah, a weakness, yeah. you know. Silver bullets. The but, what? What about is uh, Metamorpho a DC character? Oh, I would have loved if it was Metamorpho, but he's goofy. He, he there's he just he's goofy and he looks insane. What about so there's no way what that, about Dead Man? Is Dead Man a DC character? Dead Man is a DC character. Boston Brand. <laughs> yep, he's just a floating corpse that can that can uh, sometimes possess people's bodies. Cool. So all great yeah. options. Uh, Detective Chimp, bring him in. Why not? <laughs> yeah. What about the Metal Men? <laughs> They bring all, bring all the metal men in, yeah, and, and bring in the creeper. Why not? But it's, I think. What about the heckler? He's funny. Yeah, why uh, not? But I think. Uh, it, I, but I guess maybe I am being hypocritical because at the end of the first Avengers movie, I was super psyched uh-huh. to see Thanos, and I had to know that most of the audience would not know who Thanos was. So maybe there is somebody out there who just loves Martian Manhunter, never thought they'd see Martian Manhunter in a live action movie, and was just super. Let psyched, alone in which saying case, his own name. Say, saying his own name as if it wasn't a goofy ass name that could only have come out of the 1960s. Yeah. Uh, now imagine the end of Avengers when Thanos turns his face at the camera and he's like, "I'm Thanos." <laughs> okay, that would have been stupid. That would have been really. T- <laughs> so it, I think it's also the "Some Call Me" because you expect something pretty legendary and badass off of "Some Call Me," but yeah. if, if he was says, if he just said. I'm the Martian Manhunter and flown off. It wouldn't have been as silly as some have called me the Mar- have called me Martian Manhunter. And it's like, did your friends call you that? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird thing to call somebody. Oh. Okay, guys. Let, well, let's do final judgments. Whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, a movie you kind of like. I actually have a lot of thoughts, so I'm going to go fast. Uh, try and go fast here. I apologize <laughs> that I took up so much time on Martian Manhunter no. and Fiddler on the Roof. I just like, look, this movie is fine. It's fine. You know, it's better than the other one, which was not a high bar to clear, but sure. And, like, I I do think that it's kind of strange. Like, I'm not necessarily one who subscribes so much to the view of, like, it it is inherently bad that this was a cut that was made. Because, like, because it's gonna, like, encourage bad behavior in the future. Bad behavior is going to continue. I'm not going to like that bad behavior, but I don't necessarily think that this is like a repeatable like lesson in that way where it's like, okay. Sounds like somebody who doesn't want to release the gun cut. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's just like, okay. Oh, no, the Ayers cut. The Ayers cut. That's what it is. The Ayers cut. Well, like DC had all, like they, the companies, the production companies, like they had all the stuff already. Like it was mostly existing footage and so for, like, a little bit of a small investment, they get to double dip, like, they get to release it right now during a pandemic where, like, it's going to make this huge splash. Like, I don't think this is necessarily, like, the repeatable scenario that's going to make us, like, scared about uh, idiots being bullying on the internet. I mean, and on top of that, like, you know, if this was, like, a better, more respected director, like, if this was, like, us being, like... People like on Twitter being like, "Oh, release the uh, the original Robert Altman cut that you butchered." I was going to say Altman too. Yeah, like I mean, like the Altman it, Justice League cut. The di- <laughs> I mean, the di- that would have been a very different movie. Robert Altman's Justice League. The difference much is much worse sound recording. The difference is like, don't be a dick. Don't be like an, an asshole about it don't like want these things for like shitty reasons but like inherently like wanting this cut is not necessarily bad it, it's just it feels like, a it, little it, weird because we kind of have a platform on the internet and we yeah. are 
occasionally assholes, I guess. I don't know. I don't think so. But, like, uh, and I feel, it just feels weird to, like, complain to the movie people to like give you what you want oh no I no mean, i mean I mean, compla- <laughs> I mean complaining is one is is one thing that's that's our right as americans to complain but when to get to the point of threatening people and harassing them in yeah, their private lives, that's, 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 that's what that's, I'm, I'm trying to yeah. make a division between like the behavior and like uh you know like i, I the fact just like the fact of the movie existing i like like the fact that it exists doesn't bother me like uh, necessarily from the idea of like this is where it all falls apart or something uh-huh. uh, but like you're yeah. saying since people already tried to violently overthrow the government maybe Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League is not the it, tipping point it, yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. but um, I mean as for the movie itself I don't know like it's weird like I've had people on the internet like accuse me of not liking superhero movies and like if anything I feel like I'm the least tired of them of the three of us on the show like this is like I like stuff like this and i but i think that people who sort of i feel like it's if i point out that something's a little silly comic book fans and particularly comic book fans of the Zack snyder stripe might like be upset that like i'm not taking the thing seriously which is not like the like it's not an issue of me like taking it seriously or not i'm just recognizing that like a thing is silly and you can still find value in a silly thing you can enjoy a silly thing like to like have discourse over this doesn't mean that like i am destroying your identity as a person who likes this thing like you know like there's silly stuff in comic books and that's why i like comic books and if anything my problem is like this isn't silly enough i would prefer a a sillier more fun movie because I think that Zack Snyder's one big idea that he like keeps trying to hammer home in this is like, Oh, what if like superheroes were lonely gods? And you know what? That's not that interesting an idea because it doesn't really shed any life light on like humanity. (laughs) Like, it's not like I like look at that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I understand something about the world that I live in. Like it does, it doesn't do anything beyond the level of like, uh, spectacle. Yeah. That being said, I kind of liked it. Elliot, what do you have to say? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm of two minds on it. Uh, three minds. I'll give you all three minds. They're all mother boxes, and they're combined in a beautiful unity that will wipe out all life on Earth uh, by the end of my judgment. I think, uh, one, obviously, that I am... It, it's When it comes down to it, I am not bothered by the idea of uh, movies being recut and money being paid to people to do the work because people need work. These are tough times. Mm-hmm. Like, give them work. I think uh, also that the way it was uh, lobbied was often horrifying and disgusting. And there is no movie in the history of the world that is worth uh, har- harassing people episodes. for. <laughs> well, that too. But they, that's, that's worth harassing us with three episodes. That's worth harassing people over. Unless maybe it's that movie from that one episode of Masters of Horror that – was it John Carpenter who did it? Where it's that, that mm-hmm. uh, film that drives people, uh, drives people mad. Maybe that's worth harassing people for because it's like an angel getting his wings cut off, which is mm-hmm. pretty edgy. But And I don't mean edgy because it's a knife that they use to cut the wings off. Uh, I, so – Separating all from separating, looking at it just as a movie, like you're saying, separating it from the process of its creation, and saying also that it is money they could have invested into like a new movie, which would have been more preferable to me in some way. 
this is a movie that I'm of two minds about, and I feel like I did a disservice by splitting it up and watching a better movie, Straight Time, starring Dustin Hoffman, in the middle of it, because the first half of it, I was like, or the first two and a half hours, I was like, you know what? I'm actually liking this a little bit. It's not totally to my taste. It's very Zack Snydery, and his style is not my style, and I don't. I also am not so into nonstop, mopey, depressed superheroes, which is weird coming from a Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. The most mopey, depressed superhero comics, but at least he tells jokes sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the but the farther the movie got into itself, the more it became beholden to this Steppenwolf mother box plot, and the more it just became gobbledygook. And the spectacle didn't do it for me because the spectacle was so repetitive and so uh, just like dark, and how many times am I going to see the superheroes beating up on parademons that are no threat to them, and then fighting the same, mostly personality-less. He had more personality in the, yeah, than he did yeah, in the original yeah. cut, but Steppenwolf, the end until Superman comes in and, as we said before, just like an angry fist of, of uh, divine wrath with no humanity behind him just beats up this guy. It felt like the the second watching the second half of the movie, it felt like, uh, which was shorter, felt like more of a slog than the first half. And I would have really just wanted is more humanity and more color from it, more life from it. And when it has those flashes of life and personality, I'm like, oh yeah, this is not so bad. But it doesn't have enough to justify four hours. People complained about the length of like The Irishman, but The Irishman is so packed full of like stuff and moments and is so easy to look at that uh, it just The Irishman is a movie where like it it both feels too long to me, but also I don't know what I would cut from it. Yes. Not even that I mean, fucking scene where he like curb stomps that dude and he's supposed to be a young guy, but he's clearly the oldest man in the universe. I mean, that's what I would cut is the flashbacks to World War II where I'm like, oh, they were drafting guys in their 50s to go to World War II at that point. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess, I'm with I, guess you, I guess he lied on the enlisted form and said he was 22. But Elliot, I, I, I did have the same experience, though. I also watched the movie in two parts just, you know, so I, it would be more fresh, you know, each part when yeah, we were recording. So you, so you wouldn't go mad like a Lovecraft hero, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but I also found that, like, the first half had most of the stuff that I enjoyed in yeah. the movie. And then that's, as it went on, like, yeah, it just, it was, it sort of devolved into like a bunch of like gray stuff swirling around. <laughs> yeah. But that's also a flaw endemic to modern superhero movies. The last third of almost any modern superhero movie is the least interesting. Cause even in Marvel movies, aside from like Endgame, maybe, yeah. the last third is usually like, we got to shut off this blue light before things come out of it, you know, or something. And so I wonder if there's a, that's a flaw in the current interpretation of the genre that just becomes that much harder to sit through when it is so much when the last third of the movie is an hour and a half long yeah you know which is one of the things that i liked i was just thinking about uh how in doctor strange the ending kind of is like shutting off a blue light but it isn't like a big battle it's just like i don't know a fucking like it's a, a, it's a like a bluffing a thought, game or something a yeah. thought battle um no mm-hmm. i'm with you it uh i was surprised at how much more i liked the first half uh, because I mean, when, when I, I, I'll admit that when I sat down to watch it, I was not particularly excited to watch a four hour Justice League cut. Cause I did not like the last cut and I have not liked either the previous, uh, Zack Snyder DC movies. Uh, but I ended up liking the first half. Okay. I mean, uh-huh. w- with my various other complaints aside, like I wasn't, I wasn't really bored, uh, but then the second half was 
it was just a little bit rough. Uh, and it is like, it is so beholden to the plot that like writing down notes for it, I didn't really like to take notes for it. I could, you know, go 20 minutes and then be like, yeah, so they, uh, I guess they fight this guy for a while and then like Superman's unhappy. Like it's, it was, (laughs) there just isn't that much, there really isn't that much to it. And it, uh, and it is it's it's not a, it's not a good movie. I feel like if you're if you're dying for a superhero spectacle, there's better options. If this, uh, I uh, yeah, it's not for me. It doesn't speak to me. Bad, bad is yeah. what I would say. And I wonder if I wonder if it would speak to me more if these were characters that I yeah, that's possible. Felt more of a connection to because again, I'm a Marvel zombie. It's in my blood. It's in my bones. But uh, at that point, but then. It is a uh, it's an irritating aspect of modern popular culture right now that I feel like I have to watch a four hour movie about characters I don't really feel a connection to to be to like get what's going on and unfortunately what it makes me feel like is it makes me feel like a comic book reader in the nineties where it was like I guess I gotta buy every book that Marvel's coming out with this month so that I know what's going on in the Marvel universe and can talk about it even though I don't really care that much what's going on with Excalibur right now you know or what's what's happening with with the new Warriors you know it's We've reached the point in comic book movies where we were with comic books 30 years ago during the, like, speculator boom. Yeah. And as someone who came of age during that time, I'm just saying there's going to be a Spider-Clone movie, guys, and it's going to be bad, and it's going to be, like, 20 hours long. So yeah. just gird your loins for it, for this endless Spider-Clone <laughs> movie that is yeah. bound to happen. Well, okay. So it is very late here, and Stuart has a job that requires him to stand upright during the day and uh-huh. uh, for long stretches. So I'm going to take do, pity You do on most them. of your job lying down, right? Well, <laughs> I can, in a seated, in a seated position. Oh, okay. Some well, sort only, of because it's, only because it's Passover right now, Stuart. That's why he does his job reclining on a pillow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, as a mercy killing for Stuart, I'm going to shoot this episode and end uh, the show. Um, it's very Superman of you. Yeah, very yeah. Batman of you. Just... Um, thank you to Jordan Cowling for uh, producing the show. The best. Thank you to Maximum Fun, uh, our network. Uh, go to MaximumFun.org to find a bunch of other great podcasts. I am not just a, a podcaster. I listen to many podcasts. And very many of them are Maximum Fun podcasts. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks guys for coming on this journey with us through two episodes of Justice League. Now we will never do it again, no matter what other cut they do of this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. Hey, I'm Stuart Wellington. Bye-bye. Some have called me Martian Elliot. <laughs> Kalen. <laughs> They didn't really call me the Martian part, but I thought what? it sounded cool. I expected I when wrong. you said that you were going to do a morph, but you didn't. You just stayed the same. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that power. Just imagine that I'm someone's mom. Okay. Bye. On this episode, we discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League Part 2. Where we learn the valuable morals that we're all stronger when we work together, and also, you can't cut Steppenwolf's head off till Superman punches him in the face a bunch of times. <laughs> MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.